0: Hello and a very warm welcome to another England rugby podcast with O2 Inside Line with me, Vernon Kay. This is where we give you exclusive access to the players in the England camp and this week we're continuing to find out more about the steely men making up England's front row. I just
1: couldn't believe it, yeah. So we ended up going and signing my first contract and that was it really. Uh,
0: What did you treat yourself to when you got your first contract?
1: Um, I think electric scooter potentially. Was it? Yeah, all the boys at the lodge got electric scooters. Yeah. They only went about four kilometres an hour, I think, and with me on it. Right kid. Uh, two. That's, that's, that kid that mortar's grafting yeah everyone was t- <laughs> <laughs> em- 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 burning away from me, that's all I'm saying
0: this week our guest is England hooker Luke Cohen Dickey as well as chatting to Luke we find out what Kyle Sinclair would be serving if you pop round to his house for tea
2: gotta keep it real for the main bunks like, it's gonna have to be a chicken H <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we also get a better idea of what England lock Courtney Laws has got going on in his headphones
3: a great song to have that's to my Newly Wife 2, New Wife 2, yep. Only Wife,
0: there we go. <laughs> First Dance. First Dance song. Let's crack on, shall we? First up, here's part one of when I met England hooker Luke Cowan Dickey. Luke, welcome to the Auto 2 Inside Line podcast. We'll, we'll get into you as a rugby player a little bit later on, but we always start off our chats about you as a young man growing up, and you grew up in Penzance, is that right?
1: Place called um and then um, moved to Hamel.
0: Right, so growing up as a kid, what was the thing that kids did after school? Like, did you go down to the coast and fish or um, are you kind of kid that got up to mischief?
1: Yeah, so, you know, the beach on your doorstep, so you do find yourself down there most summers. I, I was quite a keen gamer, but now, you know, as, as a kid, when the beach on your doorstep, you, you always go down there. I love playing sports. Uh, so you know, I played I played football, rugby, hockey, um, tennis, most most sports as a kid, as, as most people do. But yeah, to be fair, down in Cornwall as a kid, I uh, was a good growing up. Yeah. And
0: and when when you're down on the beach, were you a kid who was straight into the sea? Were you building sandcastles? Were you setting up rounders? Because everyone likes to give a beach rounders. Come on.
1: Depends how many people went, really. If it was with the boys, uh, I'd be. Yeah, I'd probably play some rounders, play, you know, have a good crack, uh, beach cricket. Yeah. But like I said, if I was if I was younger, going with parents, I was quite a chubby kid, so I'd sweat real quick. So I'd be straight away <laughs> and I'd be in the water those days. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's my...
0: And speedos or beach
1: shorts? So when I was younger, I'm um, probably up until about 17, 18, quite a chubby bloke. So uh, I'd always wear shorts now, you know. Chubby's in, I think so. Always budgets. <laughs> let so let always. it let it go. Yeah, let it go. Let it house. go.
0: Um, your dad is a, a deep sea fisherman, yeah. and is that something a family tradition? Having fishermen in the family?
1: He's he's fished from a young age. A few of the brothers now, um, they they've gone out and done a few trips. Um, my bro- older brother's done a done a trip with him. Uh, I did a nine day trip. Just so I well, can. At sea for nine days? Yeah, just so I can uh, save up for it. Well, obviously, he paid me an Xbox, basically. I wanted an Xbox, so he said, if you come do a trip with me, you know, I'll get one and I'll tell you now it's the hardest nine days we have ever done.
0: It. I bet. Yeah. I, I bet. Because I've, nice. I've watched uh, Deadliest Catch uh, on Telly and it looks horrific, <laughs> especially when it's yep. blowing a gale, it's raining, the sea's all over the place. It must be quite frightening at times. It wasn't actually, it was the sleep that got me. So we are
1: we on a relatively small boat, so there's one guy working um, the deck and there's a guy up in the d- drive room. So we'd empty the fish onto the deck and obviously you'd probably do two or three hauls in, in the six hours. So you'd work six hours, sleep for six hours. Um, but by the time you got to sleep, you'd probably get four and a half, four. So after about five days, I didn't actually have a clue what was going on um, wow. and the sleep just got to me straight away. So I had to go and have a kip.
0: So because you've experienced that, did that give you even more respect for your dad and for the fishermen around where you grew up.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a a job you got to have the right mindset for. You know, if, if I didn't play rugby, I'd probably probably would do fishing. Uh, I'm not the brightest bloke, um, and obviously I've got a few few family members who are sort of in the business. So, but and yeah, like I said, it's it's tough.
0: One of the toughest jobs in the world, and that's a fact. Being a fisherman. Uh, do you like fish? Do you eat fish? Yeah, I like fish. Favorite um, fish to eat? Monkfish. And how do you cook it?
1: I actually don't cook it. <laughs> oh man and my mum cook it quite a bit. Uh, just battered, obviously. Right. Um, but no, yeah, monkfish, yeah, it's actually real
0: tasty. Yeah, And what kind of fish did you catch when you when you did a shift with your dad? Uh, mainly, what, what's out there?
1: Mainly, main fish we were catching was Dover sole at the time. So we'd have a shed load of Dover sole.
0: And you mentioned that you, you wanted an Xbox, and that's another thing that you say you're not very bright. However, it was interesting reading that you were the number one player in the world at Call of Duty.
1: Um, the Call of Duty remastered, so there's different game modes. So yeah, Search and Destroy I got to number one.
0: Obviously, it's, it's it's done
1: on sort of game time and and obviously points. Uh, and I had a lot of time on my hands. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I just had a six month injury, so I played quite a bit. So yeah, I got to number one in Search and Destroy. About twenty second overall.
0: That's unbelievable. I'm a massive Call of Duty fan. I don't play any other games. Really? I play all. Fortnite at all? No. So I'm only a Call of Duty okay. right? But I'm garbage right? And I think my excuse is it's my internet. I have terrible broadband however i think weapon selection is key right depends
1: on the game mode yeah definitely i i had the same excuse man for years connection was terrible um so i, I obviously when i was moving out i checked i tried <laughs> super father um and i did so lucky enough we, we bought the house um but now yeah, connection is a massive thing i think obviously it's, it's that makes great, me feel a great, bit better it's a great excuse eh? yeah uh, but now it is it, I, you know i've played called you for years um Obviously, the, the previous ones haven't been so good. Uh, they're bringing a new Yeah, New warfare, Modern Warfare, uh, aren't they? Yeah, I can't wait,
0: mate. Yeah, looking forward to that. Is, is there a gaming club like the Coffee Club? Because the Coffee Club is no legendary.
1: Nah, so we have a WhatsApp group. Because it's not divided, but there's a few boys who play Fortnite. And then there's Ellis Genge. Um, he plays League of Legends. Right. So we'll have a little Fortnite WhatsApp group. You know, when we finish training, and had some food to get back to the rooms. We'll all put up a little, are a little you are you,
0: good at, are you as good at Fortnite as you were Call of Duty? I wouldn't say I'm a,
1: I do not know, because obviously there's not really public, it's, it's hard on Fortnite. It's not really ranked the same, but I'm, I'm okay at Fortnite, yeah. I'm better than the majority of the boys. Henry Slade, named one, one of the worst Fortnite players I've ever played with. Do you, do you uh, think, Sorry, sorry.
0: no, that's good, I like that. Do you think that if you, if you sat down and, you know, you, you said you had a, an injury, so you had six months off playing yeah. and you became really good at Call of Duty. Mm. Do you think you could be that good at Fortnite and enter that Fortnite World Cup?
1: No, it's a kid, a kid won a million dollars, right? No, no, three mil. Three million, yeah, three million, yeah. Oh, and, uh, the English
0: kid came. Was he
1: second or third? And he won. I he think won. in the duos, yeah, he won two 225, uh, two hundred twenty-five, two million two hundred fifty. But I oh, split oh. between them. Yeah, uh, a thirteen-year-old won nine hundred k. An Argentinian
0: guy, yeah. I watched every game. Unbelievable. Did you really? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's what my daughter does. I don't get it. She just sits and watches this girl, Elder Shadow Lady, I think her name is, and she just builds worlds on Minecraft.
1: Yeah, a ki- load of kids like Minecraft. Like, all the boys' kids just watch Minecraft on YouTube. Yeah, ju- yeah. don't play it, just watch no, it. just watch it, yeah. It's the most so bizarre I a bit, thing. I do a bit of both. I watch Fortnite and, and play.
0: So if your, your dad's a deep sea fisherman, and I would imagine he's at where for some time, and my dad was the same when I was growing up, my dad's a long-distance truck driver. Who introduced you to the rugby ball?
1: Yeah, I think my brother, he played when he was younger, so yeah, I assume, I don't really know how he got into it, but um, obviously then I fancied getting into it. Got into it about, I think I was about four at the time, four or five, um, yeah, and I just went down to the local rugby club.
0: And hooker, was the natural position for you, or did you play anywhere else yeah, growing up uh, as a kid? Um,
1: so obviously, back in the day, you play any position, uh, I've, played, I've played eight um, up until probably under-16s, and then... Got moved to Lucid before by one of the ex-academy coaches. Uh, Robin Cowlin moved to Lucid And then, yeah, uh, moved to hooker.
0: Wow. Yeah. There's a, a tour that I want to talk about when you were in Italy. And is this a true story that the driver of the bus saw you play and he ran onto the pitch and said, listen, son, you're one of the finest I've ever seen.
1: Under-15s? Yeah, when you were yeah, a teen. Yeah, that was a while back, yeah. But I bleached my hair blonde, so I was, I was stood out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we was playing all age groups above. And at that time, I was, you know, a, li- a little bit bigger. So, yeah, I assumed, yeah, I, I, I think vaguely remember, yeah,
0: yeah. Are there some good memories from those kind of trips, I would imagine? Yeah, it was with the good fun. And good bonding as well.
1: Yeah, because there's no, um, there was no real pressure back then. Um, you know, it was an under-15s, Penzance, uh, like, under-15s tour, basically. Might I shouldn't probably say this, but it's under-15s, and we, I think the age in Italy was 16 to drink, and you could buy beers at McDonald's. So, obviously, all the older older kids... We'd go to McDonald's. Cheeseburger in a pint. Please. Yeah, and walk out of a pint of <laughs> log thinking think about the boys. Are. So, honestly, every time, it was so funny.
0: Hi, this is George Ford and you're listening to the official England Rugby Podcast with all two inside line. More from Luke soon, but first, we've got a brand new feature for you. It's called Dreaming of Dinner. As we all know, food is an integral part of every rugby player's life. But when you're at the top of the game, you can't always eat what you want. So, we've been finding out what last week's guest, Kyle Sinclair, thinks would make an ideal dinner party. Or two, Inside Lines, Paul Bunker walked him through. Strap yourselves in, here we go.
4: Car. Imagine the candles are going. We have got a bit of Kenny G on the system. Is all the jazz is playing. We have got some friends coming. Around. Jazz. You who's know? who's going to be up? Maybe not. Who's our three dinner guests? You can have anyone round. Don't have to be famous. You can have three people round for dinner. Who's coming?
2: My boy Fat Sam. That's his name. He's he's got, a beater. Yeah. got to be there. Fat Sam. What's he bringing? What's Fat Sam bringing? He brings a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> what over one thirty? He's a big lad. He's 20-26 he? stone. Oh. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a big boy. So he's got to be there. Obviously. Brody's going to be there my dog but he doesn't count as a guest I'd like to bring like someone like Bill Belichick um, I'm into my coaching so okay. I'd like to kind of pick his brains on okay. what he does Yeah, and then I'll probably bring someone like I'll actually I'll tell you what I'll bring a basketball player called Kevin Durant Okay. Um, I'd like to speak to him because he's just done a big injury at the moment and I'd like to know how he's dealing with it and what he's doing like on a day to day basis to get back fit so Brilliant. So we're all
4: sat around the table. I'm not there. Clearly, I'll be recording it or filming it. Uh, what's going to be your dream starter?
2: What's, what are you going to serve? Like, what's your favourite little? See, like the thing with me, like we just we just eat. Like the food's ready. We're just all eating for a starter. Well. I like like avocado okay so like avocado kind of salmon there we go thing like, something like nice a... and light
4: a bit flavoursome maybe a bit of health got some fats in there yeah. what's, what's the main I'm imagining the main the, got, the main we've got, we got to keep
2: yeah we, we we got to keep it we got to keep it real for the main bunks like it's going to have to be a chicken each <laughs> 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 like a glove <laughs> a hand left. so we're going to we're going to have a rice and peas Caribbean dish okay so we're going to have that then we're going to have fried plant in Unbelievable, it's sweet, it's lovely, trust it's like me. banana in it. It's, you, like yeah, it's banana kinda banana, like banana, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like you fry it, you can fry it in coconut oil, so I it's mean, good for you. Yeah. And then what we're gonna have, we're gonna have a dish called curry goat. Unbelievable. We're gonna have that. Yeah. With some homemade coleslaw. So I'll go to my mum's. Only coleslaw I eat is hers. So I'll mm-hmm. go and go to my mum's, say make sure the coleslaw is ready bang that make sure you open a cafe mate there yeah, <laughs> been yeah. I'm, I'm, so we'll have that will be good and then we can have some little fried dumplings with it as well yeah it'll be a, it'll be a proper proper I'm slap I'm assuming the
4: meal. kind of England kind of chef common no. <laughs> essence yeah, yeah. won't be coming to this no party, they won't, they, no, won't, they, won't be, be, they won't be they're not allowed
2: mate they're not allowed <laughs> what sort of pudding pudding sticky toffee oh. sticky toffee but it's got to be hot Yeah. it's got to be hot but oh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a good night
4: is that vanilla ice cream we're going to
2: go yeah 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 vanilla ice cream okay
4: Drinking wise, responsible drinking, of course. Yeah, but no, obviously
2: responsible drinking. But like, if you want to have a drink, there'll be um, Hennessy um, available with pineapple juice. That's the that's the drink. Okay. So yeah, Hennessy and pineapple. Dress code. Dress code. It's a good question. I don't know if that like, sound could fit in a suit. I'm telling you. So for his sake, I'm just gonna say smart casual. Smart, smart casual, casual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want people to feel comfortable. We've got the French doors, yeah. so that'll be open. Probably have it in the garden, really. Yeah, like with the summer, yeah.
4: summertime vibe. I'm going to yeah. that as well. And music, what sort of music? Because you clearly don't want any my jazz on the set. What are you going to um, put? Just something nice and sort of. Yeah, something
2: out. nice like some soul. So like uh, artist called like Erica Badu, Lauren oh, Hill, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. Oh yeah. Something nice. chilled, you see know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something like that, just to to get them in the mood, you know, just so I can just uh, nause them off and ask them loads
0: of questions. <laughs> I'm absolutely starving after listening to that. Cheers, Kyle. If you haven't heard our exclusive chat with the England prop, then make sure you listen back to last week's episode, It's Not One To Be Missed. What a guy. Time now to dive back into my chat with Luke Cohen-Dickey. Let's talk about your experience in the, in the academy. Real tight group of lads. How do those relationships develop over time? Like, obviously, you go through good experiences as a professional athlete and bad experiences as a professional athlete. And at those times, do you lean on each other? And is it easier to lean on someone if you've been brought up with them through, let's say, the academy?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. Our club, we've our main first team now has is, is got quite a few of the boys who who's come through the academy with, like me, Jack and stuff. Um, so there's quite a few of us in there now. We always had chats when we were younger. Um, how good would it to you know to play a game, get your first start, and then how good would it to be to play together in the same team, start the same game? and we, We've done that. Um, I think there's. A year or two ago, we played against uh, Worcester away, and we all played in the same game. Um, we had a photo after, and it was, you know, it was great fun. But you know, the likes of obviously Knowlesy and, and Sladey, they sort of call up first into the first team, so that they they had the first uh, prem games. And you know, if they don't have a, a good game, they're obviously going to going to ask us for advice and stuff. Uh, we was always there to back them up. But yeah, it's likes of them guys who who, who pave the way really, and and let people like me and um, the other guys come come up through.
0: Who do you room with in camp, England camp? So.
1: <laughs> I've had a couple of roomies. Why are you laughing? I've had a couple of roomies. <laughs> right. They get chosen to us now. So this this time I've I've had Jack Singleton and Jamie George. The only two. But when we had the Six Nations, I broomed with Tom Curry uh, for three weeks, and that was a a, a very big eye opener. That one.
0: Really? Know, yeah. Because he's so young. Is he a bit wet behind the ears? Is he naive? Um, no, nah, he's not. He's
1: he's just. <sighs> don't know if this is what young kids do, but he doesn't really shower. <laughs> um, you know, he doesn't really? do... Yeah, he doesn't, you know... His, Even after his, training? Yeah, his hygiene... Well, he'll have an ice bath and he'll call that a blooming shower joke. <laughs> You're joking. I swear to God. There's about 16 of us oh, getting to sort that out. Get into the same ice bath um, and he would get it, towel up and be like, oh, that, that's my shower. Yeah, I know. That's I know. disgusting. So we, have to, we have to teach him, but...
0: Oh, man. Is there anyone else like that? Is there anyone else who's got, like not necessarily bad hygiene habits, but is there someone who's a bit quirky and who's like, we'll just let him get on with it?
1: Um, Harry Williams likes to be like the opposite guy. You know so if if we say red or blue everyone goes red he'll go blue
0: at the Exeter Chiefs Academy uh it's quite a drive away from where you were in Penzance Have You driven um, back and forth because dad was away Yeah DC so
1: um I just live with my mum right. so dad lives in um Torquay, which is about 20 minutes away from Exeter So the academy stuff it was it was weird we sort of when I was at Truro College there was a Truro College was like an extra academy Iverbridge was a, like an extra academy and there there's a few colleges that were an extra academy. Oh, okay. With yeah, the- so the time we got sort of called up, I would say just after co- There was one time in, in college where we had like a two-week sort of training uh, with the first team. Um, and then we signed basically straight away after college. So all of the, the academy stuff we did was based at college. Um, so, it, yeah, it was not much commuting, to be fair. Um, yeah. it, was, it was quite good.
0: It, was there a pivotal moment going through the academy and then into like first team or the senior squad, I guess, is there a moment that you can remember where you thought to yourself, oh my God, I've actually made it. I'm now a professional rugby player.
1: Uh, well, yeah. Growing up, obviously, I'd, I'd watched sport, but not majorly. Uh, so I didn't really know rugby was a, a major thing. And then I sort of I sort of played for the county and then um, I managed to make it through to England 16s and it was a massive thing. And then I I'd started playing, obviously, the age group England stuff. And then, yeah, when, when the academy coach came down, I said, look, you could get paid for this, basically. We will sign you, but I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. So we, we end up—I ended up going and signing my first contract, and that was it, really. Uh, what just, did you
0: treat yourself to when you got your first contract?
1: Um, I think electric scooter potentially. Was it? Yeah, all the boys at the lodge got electric scooters. Yeah, they only went about four kilometers an hour, I think, and with me on it, fat
0: kid, uh, two. That's, that's that motor's grafting.
1: Yeah, t- <laughs> everyone was burning <laughs> away from me. That's all I'm saying. But no, it was—it was—it was a shock, and then, like I said, then getting your 1st your actual first team game.
0: Yeah, it was. That's brilliant. And to be a professional sportsman, like from an outsider's perspective, we idolise the work ethic that you guys develop, especially in periods of rugby like this where we're getting ready for a big tournament. Do you have to keep motivating yourself to get better or is that naturally ingrained in you?
1: I don't think I do. Obviously, I know when to switch off, which I can do quite well through game, through various things. I run my box, which is a great. Great thing to do, but no. To, when I'm on the pitch, and when I'm in training, um, yeah, I, I try and train hard. Mm. F- I pretty much flat out every, every day. You know, it's quite a good at a club. We've we've got a few boys now who, you know, in my position, which we're fighting for the position each week. Obviously, we're great mates, but at the same time, we're competing every time. And the and the same here is literally exactly the same. So I think motivation wise is, I've been lucky enough maybe that. I haven't probably been, you know, the out-and-out star each game. There's always been competition, so my motivation's always been there to, um, to perform well and, yeah, train hard.
0: Do you still get nervous now waiting to go on playing for England? Or is that something you've managed to
1: now, um Do you get yeah. nervous? Yeah, I, st- I still get nervous. So I don't get nervous playing for club anymore. So when I first started playing for club, I would get nervous and my palms get really sweaty. And obviously trying to throw the ball in. It- they just don't go together. No. <laughs> so I had my first. I think I had my first gap when I first started to hook. I wasn't playing long. I knew in my head I I weren't ready. Um, and I think I I threw three lineups and they all were completely not straight. That was the worst debut I could have ever had. I think uh, lineups. was. Did anyone
0: say anything on the field? Did anyone say yeah? No. Nah,
1: they they were they were sort of trying to pick me up a little right. bit. Nice. Um, but obviously it went down the pan. But <laughs> um, but now I'm I'm i still get nervous playing playing these games. Um, you know you're on such a big stage. I think they don't understand, you don't pick, you, do you know what I mean? I don't pick myself for the team. Um, mm. You get picked because there's there's quality coaches who who want you to play. I think if I get a few more caps on my belt, like I have done at the Chiefs, I think nerves you know, will go down. You'll always get a bit of nerves. And I think nerves are good for you. Yeah, um, I you totally know, agree. I definitely think nerves are good for you. Uh, totally. Yeah, agree. I think the, the, the more games touch wood I play, the less nerves I get and, and the more comfortable I feel. And that's when I play my
0: best rugby. Is there anyone in England camp who's been like a, a motivator for you? Because um, you've got some big, strong leaders in this group of, of
1: yeah, uh, you know they all everyone does their bit. Um, you know I speak to obviously Jamie George loads. You know, he's had, he's had a fair few caps now. And he's a lovely For England. Yeah, he actually is a top blow, yeah. yeah. He really is. Uh, if, you, if you want to have a laugh, you just go and speak to him. He, he cheers you up. But, I, you know, he's won like, big trophies and stuff, so it's always good to go and speak to him. Anything I've got, any problems with lineups and stuff, yeah, he's a good guy to go speak to. Nosey, Nosey's one of them. You know, yeah. he, he was the first one to break through. Sladey and I played loads of caps. So, you know, if you ever need a bit of advice, I'll, I'll go to them. Maybe I- because they're... I've known them since day one. But yeah, they're good, good guys. I guess
0: when you're in the environment of an England camp, I guess there's such a wealth of experience that you can't help get carried on that wave. You're the best of the best. Yeah. That's why you're there. That's why you've been picked to uh, be a member of the squad. And is it infectious, that drive to succeed?
1: Definitely. When you're in the training, you look around, you're
0: like, oh, Christ, there's some, there's some decent guys here.
1: You know, I think when you train, you just, you just want to try and train as good, if not better than them. You know, you, you might not be as good. But um, if you go out there and try hard, you know. If if you don't, if you go out there and you think, you know, I've made it now, you, you, you're just going to get caught out. So I definitely think, yeah, like you said, it is a boost. You can train at your club and you, you'll have them guys who aren't quite, you know, academy guys who've mm. just come through. Whereas here now, like you said, it's the best of the best. That like you're not here unless you're unless you deserve to be here. Um, and it is. There's definitely a difference between it. Trainer standards always always higher when you're away. You know, guys always want more from me.
0: But now, like you said, I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's good. Your first impression of Eddie when you first met him. Is it still what it was then? No.
1: Yeah, it's it's still the same. Yeah, he's only a small bloke, but whew, he can he can have a go.
0: Yeah, big yeah. time.
1: Honestly, the guy can convince you of pretty much anything.
0: Yeah, I'd run into a brick wall <laughs> for it. He inspired me that much. I'm like,
1: I can take on the world yeah? here. I think he's one of them. He's coached load of teams. I think he's one of them guys. You know, you, you do look think flipping out a lot. He's, you he know, his stuff. You know, he's got great coaches, Steve and, and Neil, and that. They, they've all been around. They all know. So I think, you know, when you know you got them them coaching you, um it's, it's then easy for you to go on the field and train hard. You know, it's easy, you know, they've they've put things in place for you to then go and perform best best you can on the weekend.
0: What was it like <coughs> being a part of that uh, Grand Slam team, Six Nations?
1: Yeah, it was good. So I was obviously I'd be like the mid of the guy come in, he would train I'd train and then I'd go home, play for the club on the weekend. Um and then unfortunately Jamie had a bicep injury. So I played, only played the last two games. But you know, yeah, it was it was it was class. Um, do you get to keep your shirt? You, you get to keep... But you get two shirts if right. you start one shirt if you're on the bench, I think. Okay. I, I can But you, you do get two shirts. So yeah, you, you get one, you're playing, and then um, you, can walk you get off another one. Yeah, yeah, because a load of boys do swap shirts. Right. Um, and I think the idea is, obviously, if you're starting, you can... Change your shirt at half time, but you always have one shirt that you've worn in, and then there's one shirt you can swap with the opposition, so you always get to keep. Ah, okay, okay that's so, a good yeah. idea, isn't
0: it? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. That's, nah, that's it's good. It's... nice fact. It is I good. I appreciate
3: that. <laughs> Hi, George Ford here uh, with Courtney Laws next to me. Courts, we're going to do the three track challenge, so um, three tracks that are significant to you in your life. Um. So, a track that means a lot to me is Sam Henshaw. Um, Better. It was my wedding song. So obviously that was a great day and a great song to have to so dance to my newly wife too. New wife too. Yeah. Only wife. There we go. First dance. First dance song. Yeah. Sentimental. Um, sentimental song. Another song that I'm, I'm into. Like it reminds me of my dad because he loves his reggae and it's by the Pioneers and it's Long Shot and it's a good track, very good track. And at the minute, I'm quite into if, in terms of what I'm into at the minute. I've just discovered, hold on, what's his name? James Blake. Yeah. I quite like his his quite chilled vibe that he's got going on, so I'm, I'm quite into that. And I'm a big fan of Drake as well. Cool. So you got your wedding song, you got a song that reminds you dad, and yeah. James Blake to chill you out. Yeah. Nice. Drake to get me up. Great to get you up. There we go.
0: Thanks, champs. Time now for the final part of my chat with Luke and dickey We talked about your relationship with Jack. Is he your best friend, Jack Noel?
1: Um, yeah, I'll say he's my best friend. Well, he's the guy I've known for the longest, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Explain the bond between you two, because isn't there a dog-walking club at there were,
1: Yeah, there was. Obviously, we've been away now for a while, but there is a dog-walking club, yeah. Quite a few boys attend. What have you got? Two French Bulldogs, Right. same as them.
0: Um, okay, I tell you what, if I'm in the park and I see you walking towards me with two French Bulldogs, I am going the opposite way.
1: <laughs> no, nah, the only small thing, well, I've got one blue one who's he's like a different French Bulldog, he's quite chubby. Right. My um, on the yeah, shredded, so. I've you know. got a chihuahua. Have you?
0: Yeah, so I, I've got two daughters, I know. I've got two daughters and obviously a wife and we have a multi-shitsuit, which is female. So I said, this is not fair. I said, it's just girls everywhere. I said, oh, don't worry, daddy, we'll buy you a dog. I'm thinking, yeah, here we go. Big German shepherd dog, you know, something like that where I can bow down the park. So, Daddy, we bought you a present. Your dog's here. I'm like, brilliant. Chihuahua. Oh, right. wow. Uh, you like a bit of golf, is that right?
1: Yeah, I haven't played for a while because my what shoulder, when I finished, it was, I think, on, um, you know, official handicap 15, but when I played with the boys, it was 13, yeah.
0: Nice. Is it still open, the course here at Penn Park? Yeah, I haven't got any in my clubs here, so yeah. I guess you've not got
1: time, have you? We have a little bit of time. You know, we have a, a day a week where we, you know, do a lot of our recovery in the morning and then we have sort of the afternoon to chill. So you can go and, I've done it before, go and swing a few
0: clubs, yeah. Nice. Is there um, anyone in music, movies, television, politics, anyone that you admire?
1: No, not really. No? No, no I, I obviously like my films. You know, most Marvel films as a standard. Favorite movie? Well, my favorite movie, I, I've got two, Braveheart and Gladiator. Oh, strong. Yeah, good films, great yeah, films. Yeah, really good.
0: Uh, Luke, thank you very much, mate. That was uh, a real insight into yourself, into your rugby, uh, growing up as a kid, deep sea fisherman. Loved that. Good luck with the uh, internationals, and also, particularly, good luck in Japan. Cheers that. Well, there you go. You can't say we don't teach you anything on the official England Rugby Podcast, O2's Inside Line, bringing you the exclusives. Who'd have thought that Luke Cohen Dickey would be world champion at Call of Duty? Unbelievable. So thanks to Luke and all the England players we've heard from this week. Next week we'll have another player or coach for you, so be sure you subscribe to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line wherever you listen to your podcast, that way you'll never miss an episode. Stay up to date with all the happenings on England Rugby's website and social media channels, and look out for O2 Inside Line Live on Facebook. But for now, all that's left to say is, all round to Kyle Sickless for the food! Hope you enjoyed the listen, we'll see you next time.